This is Corolla Digital. Hi, I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And this week, on This Week with Larry Miller, I had something that touched me a lot. I love Batman and I love Superman, but this week I saw pictures of someone named Bat Kid. And I'll tell you all about it here. Check us out at LarryMillerPodcast.com. Today's CarCast is sponsored by Encore Insurance Services, LLC. For free life insurance quote today, give them a call, 866-347-5748, or you can visit their website at smartterm.com. Again, give Encore a call, see if they can help you save. Let them do the work for you. 866-347-5748. Licensing and disclaimer information can be found at smartterm.com. Now, it's time for this week's CarCast with your host, Adam Carolla, and moderator, Matt D'Andrea. I'm Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea. Welcome to CarCast. We're here at the 2013 LA Auto Show. Unfortunately, Adam won't be with us today. He's still doing his TV show, but we're excited about taking a look at some of the new cars, definitely some new things from Jaguar, Audi, uh, BMW, um, and a lot more. So let's go ahead and get started with our first booth. All right, we're here with Jose Guerrero. You are the uh, BMW i product manager, right? That's correct. It's kind of an interesting title, just the i. Yes. So hopefully you'll expand because we have two cars here now. Yes. And these are, are pretty cool. The i8 obviously is getting tons of attention, right? Because mm -hmm. it's 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 a, definitely a sporty car. But the i3, I know you guys are putting a lot into the i3. Tell me a little bit about that. I know that's just an all-electric car, right? Yeah, the BMW i3, uh, for us, it's very important. It's the first mass-produced vehicle made out of CFR. So carbon fiber reinforced plastic, we're really proud of that. Uh, very low center of gravity, but also very low overall weight at 2,700 pounds. So we're extremely happy about it. Uh, we're able to get 80 to 100 miles just from a single charge. Uh, it takes approximately three hours to charge from a level two charger, and uh, it's really an exciting product. So Three hours to charge, that exactly. seems awfully fast. Because of the carbon fiber, we're really able to reduce the amount of batteries that we're using in the car. Okay. So effectively, uh, we're, we have a 22 kilowatt battery in it, so with 22 kilowatts, you can charge it quicker. And so tell me about the electric motor. Does it use a single motor, or is there two? Or No, it just uses one motor, uh, no gears, it's just single speed, at 11,000 RPM at a about 93 miles per hour. Now, does it power the front or the rear axle? It's a rear-wheel drive, so okay. rear axle, a very exciting, dynamic drive. It's a BMW, so it's part of our DNA. Yeah, has it got some torque? It's got some really good torque, especially um, right now we say zero to 60 is about seven seconds. Okay. And I think people are going to be surprised about how that feels. Right. Have but, you tried drifting it yet? Uh, not yet, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that'll come. Come on, it's rear-wheel drive. you got to try, right? I know. It's going to be fun. Driver. Very lightweight, so we're excited. Okay, so... 
when is when is the i3 going to start becoming available to the public? Uh, April, around April time frame for the East Coast and May time frame for the West Coast in 2014. Okay. Do you know roughly the price point of it's going to be? Yes. The base price for the BMW i3 will be 41350 so 41350 but without any federal or state incentives. Mm-hmm. So in California, as an example, you have additional state incentives. Yes. So all in all, it's about 10000 off that price. Okay. So low to mid-30s. Yeah, exactly. And we're really excited about that because it will come with forged aluminum wheel standard, it'll come with rear PDC standard, navigation system standard, alarm standard. I mean, the yeah. car is just equipped very nice. Now, I, I know with all the other rules that are apply to cars, things like traction control and, you know, ABS and exactly. the braking system we can figure out, uh, how does traction control apply to the pure electric powered cars? Uh, we just made the so seamless with this car. We have something that's really unique. Uh, we have a nice, strong brake energy recuperation feeling. So literally, from our estimates, you could achieve about 80% of the car's braking without pushing the brake pedal. Um, as you lift off the accelerator pedal, the yeah. car comes to a stop. So okay. this seamless with the, the dynamic stability control, it's very smooth, especially in this package. Now, can can you adjust how much how much of that sort of engine braking it, it has, or is that it's it'll it's set it'll already. be effectively your right foot because you don't really have to remove all your foot right off the bat. So as as you lift off the accelerator pedal, right. you're adjusting the regenerative So it's almost like one pedal. The one exactly. accelerator pedal does braking and, and, and acceleration all at one pedal. That's kind of interesting. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so that's a cool car. Um, we'll also have an optional range extender with that. So the base comfort mode range is 80 to 100 miles, but okay. we'll also have a two-cylinder uh, gasoline motor from our BMW motorcycles family that we're right. really proud of. That'll get an effective range of 160 to 180 miles. Yeah, I'm looking at this giant motorcycle that's next to it. It probably weighs more than the actual <laughs> i3. Like, well, it's got to be close. I mean, that thing is it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about the i8. Now, this is this is meant to be a performance car. It looks amazing. When you actually see this, you know, sitting in traffic going nine miles an hour like we did on the way here this morning on the on the five freeway, uh, it'll look pretty amazing. Yes. This is both gas engine and electric motor. The gas engine is not just a range extender. It actually will power the vehicle. Exactly. So you can put this thing in gas engine mode and drive like a You're regular sports car. Over 310 miles in normal comfort mode okay. and above that with Eco Pro mode. But overall, it's an all-wheel drive plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Okay. And we're really excited about it because it really has a sports car performance with 0 to 60 times in the 4.4 range, but as well have the efficiency of a compact car. Our early estimates peg it at up to 90 four miles per gallon so you're really getting this extremely efficient car that's arrived as the ultimate driving machine let's take a peek inside all right i'm sure it's got a a mode in it where it automatically selects between gas engine and electric power but can you decide that as well can you say i want to be in electric or gas engine mode exactly so i want to you know haul butt on the freeway and just run it in, in gas engine mode, I, I should be able to do that too, right? Yeah, so we have an e-drive button. So literally, if you want to maximize your all-electric range, you can push this button and travel up to 22 miles in all-electric and up to 75 miles per hour, actually. So okay. it's really usable. It's not kicking on and off. When you select that, it's really communicating to the car that you want to use e-drive. Yeah. However, if you want to really push it and experience the sports car performance, you can switch it to the sports mode. 
And by switching into sports mode, you have all the benefits of both powertrains. So in tandem, all the power, all-wheel drive. Now, is this largely your carbon-reinforced plastic as well? Exactly. Because I'm seeing so. a, a lot of it here, and, and maybe this is just on for display. I don't know no. if this is going to be this is going to be what it looks like this in the production car. Both the i3 and the i8, as you open the doors, we want to show the real authenticity of this carbon fiber. You know, the devil's in the details, and we're extremely proud being the first mass-produced vehicle out of carbon fiber. Yeah. So this is part of our core uh, strategy in reducing the weight, and really we're the first ones to really mass produce this. Now, is obviously you guys are making a big investment into the, into carbon fiber. Are we going to see that starting getting into all the other vehicles? I think not just the carbon fiber, but the overall e-drive technology will also uh, go through our BMW range. Uh, it's really an exciting time for BMW, and as we get further and further into the future, uh, exactly, we're, we're looking at uh, different applications of the learnings from both of these vehicles. Okay, so the i8, obviously a cool car. The interior is gorgeous. Um, it, you definitely sit very low in there. You have to kind of get in it a little bit. but Very emotional scissor doors as well. As yeah. you can see, very light. See my fingers. It's extremely yeah, it light. Wow. This car, this car is pretty badass. Yeah. Um, so when's this car going to be available? The same time frame as the i3. So East Coast deliveries in 2014, around the late April standpoint, and for the West Coast in May 2014. Now, is it, this is a production model right here? This or is a production model. There's nothing really concept about this. The mirrors, everything, this is the way it is. This is it. And as we look around the whole car, it has a really efficient uh, design structure. We, we call it Streamflow Design Language. But overall, you can see from the front and as it goes through the rear, it has a very conical shape, almost like a teardrop. Um, this is through the study of bionics. We were able to really say that this is the most natural, most efficient way to cut through the air. Yeah. So co low coefficient of drag at 0.26, uh, extremely uh, very well for this type of car. Um, also, you can see we have a lot of air effects. Uh, first air effects in the front. We have efficient dynamics flaps. So literally, these flaps over here open and close at high speed. Depending on whether it needs to block air out or get air in to exactly. cool the car. When it doesn't need to cool the car, it blocks it out. Exactly. Less drag. And we have also the, we pay homage to the BMW M1 by yeah. having the hood. Oh, I love the M1. Exactly. And over here we have side curtain, this, this arrow effect right here, it takes oh, yeah. the air and it really shoots the air out from the side. You can see small aerodynamic ducts up here that shoot the air yeah. away from the wheels. So that's the front aerodynamic. Um, we call this design language stream flow. So from the top, from the bottom, it looks like a stream. And effectively what happens is as you go up to speed, we're able to give the relevant downforce in the rear that typically a car would need Air, um, electronic like a, like a flaps and so sort of forth. Exactly. But with us, we're able to do this without any additional weight, additional yeah. electric consumers, just right into the design. I, I like that it's streamed. It's, it's just, it, it's so smooth and without having a big wing on it. I mean, people get so overzealous with the big wing designs. Exactly. And it just creates more drag. It creates sound force, but it does create drag and exactly. lowers your, your top speed, probably your fuel economy, especially because the wing is only really effective at high speeds. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, another another um, uh, aerodynamic effect we have here is in the bottom. If you see, if you duck down, yeah, you see the air intakes for the rear. So it's a ram air effect into the three-cylinder turbocharged motor. So for us, 
We're really excited about the whole aerodynamic package, focusing on efficiency, but still delivering the performance of the ultimate and drive. Three-cylinder turbo. Exactly. Producing 154 uh, horsepower per liter. It's one of the most efficient uh, and powerful engines out there. So in tandem, this three-cylinder uh, turbocharged turbo and this electric motor uh, together gives you that almost 400 horsepower. 400 horsepower. Exactly. And you said 0 to 60 is like four and a half seconds. Four and a half seconds. That's quick. And it's only going to get quicker, so. <laughs> okay, so um, do you think it's ever going to be uh, an M variant of the I products? For us, we we actually have these on the, the both bookends of our brand. So we have the M products are focused on uh, performance and motorsport, and I focused on efficiency. But the core DNA, the core ingredients to each one is within each vehicle as well. Right, so, it's still a BMW. Exactly. It's gotta have that level of performance to it. I mean, it, if it has a BMW emblem on it, it continues to be the ultimate driver. Okay, so what's gonna be the price point of this car? This car is gonna be at $135,700. Uh, that's the base vehicle, uh, but people are gonna be really surprised because literally the car comes with everything. Uh, People will just want to pick their color, pick their wheels, pick their interior, and that's it. 135 grand. Yep. Awesome. 135 seven. Jose, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. This no has problem. been a lot of fun. I am excited about being able to drive this car hopefully sometime soon. We'll do, yeah. We'll definitely have to get you behind the wheel. Thanks. Here with Jeff Curry, we're in the Jaguar booth. Jeff, you are the brand vice president. That's right, brand VP for Jaguar. Okay, and we have this is the car that I've really been waiting for. Yeah. This is the F Type <laughs> <Me> Coupe. <too. laughs> this thing is amazing, and uh, and unfortunately, we couldn't get cameras or anything to the event right. last night. But the launch for this was the coolest launch party. Like they basically just drove this car like right through the audience, and it was split. It was amazing. It was the world's um, fastest car reveal. The car was going 90 <laughs> miles an hour at the point when we were. Revealed it. Yeah, so. it was it was pretty nuts. Um, but now we got it here and it's going slow. Yep. So it's just spinning around. So we have the uh, the F-type coupe. Yep. And I assume this is going to be much like the Roadster, where you have your three engine options. Correct. Let's run through those again. You have two six-cylinder, two supercharged six-cylinders. Two supercharged six, uh, starting at about th 340 horsepower. Uh, we have a 380 horsepower version in the middle. And with the coupe, we're actually extending the range a little bit and then introducing the 550 horsepower R model. Yeah. So you can imagine what that feels like on the road. Uh, no, I can't, actually. Why don't you send <laughs> well, one of these cars need, over, and then need, we'll drive it, and then we'll check it out. You absolutely we'll say, need yeah. to check it out, yeah. Um, it's, uh, the, the zero to 60 time is conservatively rated at four seconds. I know, so. but like every car in your lineup that has an R behind it, yeah. you all say 0 to 60 in I 4 know. seconds. The XJR, which is the biggest car you have, is 0 to 60 in 4 seconds. Wow. It has the same amount of horsepower That's and it's true. twice the size of this car. Yeah. We're, this we're a be, little conservative, so I, I think you'll be able to go faster than right. that. Right. This car is going to haul ass. It's we know that blister. for sure. Definitely. Um, now, the Roadster has is what it's like 495 495 for the v8s which is the top model in the roadster right now which is more than sufficient but it sounds great part of the jaguar brand is the sound that you get yeah. you know beyond the styling it just needs to sound right right too so so you know one of the cars that we had on the show that we drove around a little bit as well was the xkrs oh right and and that car as well that's just that's an english muscle car you know that really thing is. 
I mean, I mean, I hate to equate it to other car brands, but it's yeah. basically like a Shelby GT500, but in a suit and tie. Yeah. You know, like it's a really, really cool it's a car. Good way, that's a good way great. to say it. That's a good way to say it. You know, that car is, is fantastic. It's sort of the big brother to yeah. the F-Type Coupe, and, you know, they both share a lot of characteristics, and you can see the relationship and the styling. Uh, it's nice to have both of those cars in the showroom because they, they really do uh, meet different buyer needs. Okay. What are the chances you'll give us a manual transmission? <laughs> well, you know, never say never. Yeah, you know, right. we'll, you have to stay tuned on that. Uh, I can't talk specifically about the future, but you know, it could could be something. We you look are at. the decision maker. You're the brand <laughs> vice president. This is all up to you. That's what they told me. <laughs> well, this look, comes down I, to you. I love manual transmission, so uh, we'll see what happens in the future. We rolled up to your event last night, right. and Adam Kroll and I got out of the car, and somebody pulled up next to us, and the valet guy turns and goes. Anybody know how to drive stick? <laughs> well, that'd be fun to make more of that happen, wouldn't it? So, <laughs> right. We'll see. So, um, are there any real differences between this car on the R versus on the Roadster? Yeah, I mean, we've changed a lot of the suspension tuning, uh, bigger brakes. You can actually get carbon ceramic brakes now um, on the car. Um, of course, the engine is tuned uh, 550 instead of 495. Uh, more torque, uh, different seats. So there's a lot of performance tuning that goes in to make a true R model. And now that we have the R Coupe, we actually end up with more cars over 500 horsepower than any other brand. I know, so I love that. It's pretty cool. Right? Now, when you guys were putting the F-Type together, the plan from day one must have been the Roadster and the Coupe. Mm. So is there any real structural difference between the two or is basically just the base platform was yeah. designed with all of that integrity built into it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, uh, when you design a platform, a new platform, uh, an intelligent, you know, aluminum platform like this, you, you know what you're going to build into it. So the, the torsional rigidity, the structure you need that, that makes you have a great convertible, all that applies into the Coupe. And so they, they've form a, you know, you need that in both cars, and, and so that's been designed in from the start. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh, take a yeah, quick you look take inside. A look? Yeah, it's locked, so we can't really open Is it. Is there but, a reason uh, it's locked? We need to get the key. Maybe because it's on the side. Alright. Anyway, we should... If it was unlocked. If it were unlocked. It would be gorgeous to see inside. Yeah. Well, you can see the lines of the car. This, yeah. this particular one has the full glass roof on it, which really gives you that open space on the inside, that feeling of, you know, glass sky, you know, that feeling you want in a sports right. car. Um, you it know, must you, make it feel like it's bigger inside for sure. Absolutely. It's, still, it's, not, it's not a really it's big car. It's not a big car. It's a compact car. You know, this trend of cars getting bigger and bigger, you know, that's, that's actually not that fun. Yeah. You know, cars need to get lighter weight, compact, a lot more fun to drive, and that's what we're doing on this car. And so, how much does it weigh? Uh, this car is about uh, 3,850, 3,900 pounds. Right. So, it's a, you know, it's a, it's for a sports car with that much power, it's going to give you good okay, performance. Okay, but, but 3,800 pounds isn't really heavy anymore. In, in the day of, you know, right. a dozen airbags <laughs> and everything else that you have to put into the right. car. absolutely. And, of course, you want all of the luxury appointments that you expect with Jaguar. Jaguar yeah. does the, the most beautiful interior, so... Yeah. And, and you can see, well, you can't really see, but if you could see, <laughs> yeah. you would see that's the same here as well. Absolutely. All right, so as we spin around, I want to talk about one other product you guys sure. have. You have this SUV. Now, yeah. this is the CX-17. The CX-17. It's uh, it's what our vision is. If Let's think about if we would do a Jaguar crossover. So yeah. I think that's something that we want to introduce as an idea. 
you know, see what people's reaction to it is. You know, is it something that people would respond to? I mean, I have to say, so far the reaction's been fantastic for it. And yeah. when you see these two cars together, the relationship, the styling, you know, I, I think you could see how that kind of Jaguar design could fit on a sports crossover. Okay, so I'm getting dizzy here. Let's yeah, jump over to there. I'll right. take a look at that. Okay, Jeff, so the CX-17, now right. this is just a concept right now, right? Right now, just a concept. You know, we're really testing the idea of uh, helping people understand what a Jaguar sports crossover could be like. Uh, what it really does for us is it introduces the new all-aluminum platform that's under the car. And for us, that's very important to Jaguar because it's going to allow us to kind of do whatever we want from a design standpoint and introduce a lot of new kinds of cars. Uh -huh. So the first car we'll introduce off this platform will actually be a new 3 Series A4 style uh, car, class car, uh, but done in a very expressive Jaguar design, that compact sports sedan uh, that I think a lot of people are wanting from, from a brand like Jaguar. Okay. Now, the idea is to probably make this as well. Obviously, you're getting a lot of attention for it. Mm. And look, you guys are going to call it a crossover. People are going to say it's an SUV. They're going to say it's a truck. Mm. You guys are going to get a lot of flack from people saying Jaguar's a car brand. Right. Right. So how do you do this? Yeah. But here's the thing. It's gorgeous. It's <laughs> well, that's really, the important thing, it's right? Really I mean, we, we could actually make a car that looks like yeah. a Jaguar in this type of category. And I, I think it's clear there's a there's a big uh, desire in the luxury car space for these types of vehicles. And I think more and more customers are wanting versatility in vehicles. Yeah. Um, and just for us as a company, uh, seeing if we can translate all those Jaguar values, you know, making sure it's a, a real Jaguar, how that would apply to this type of vehicle. It's an important concept. A test, a little bit of test, a, yeah. foot, a toe in the water, uh, and where it shows like this, where we can really gauge the reaction to the car. Well, it, it's it's definitely one of these things you have to see in person. We'd love to see this thing uh, come on the show and and be able to drive it around at some point. I love this. It's so angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jaguars always have a little bit of a performance edge to it, so the growler lets you know when, yeah. when you see it in the rearview mirror, you better get over. Um, let's take a peek uh, sure, inside, and I understand inside. that it's a concept. Yeah. But, uh, you can see it, um, see inside it. I'm, I mean, it, you can tell the interior space, the volume of this car. Um, I mean, it has a lot of room inside of it. Uh, you know, the the thematic of the of the dashboard, the, the very English houndstooth upholstery on the car that's yeah. etched leather uh, or hand cut leather. So it's it's got a lot of interesting features inside of it. How much of this do you see being translated into a production vehicle? Well, if you think about the shapes, that's the question nobody yeah. you, you never mean, want if, to answer, right? No, of course. <laughs> I mean, if you know, we don't show we don't show cars that um, you know couldn't be production feasible. Um, so, from a concept car perspective, you know, we would only show things that we could do if we decide to do it. Um, that's the same as with the CX-16, which translated directly into the F-Type Coupe right. you know, that you see here. So, it's really important to us that we don't over promise we really are testing the idea and uh, I think you could see from a space basis how you know this could be a, a really interesting concept if we decide to do it I think uh, I think it's gorgeous I'd love to see it on the road it's definitely something you have to see in person and you'll yeah. figure out uh, how how nice it really is yeah. of course people are gonna be like Jaguar shouldn't do it but when you see it 
Jaguar should do it. <laughs> you should do it. Good. Good. Right. Well, I'm glad so, to hear that. The F-Type Coupe, when are we going to start seeing that on the streets? When will that be available? Yeah, that car goes on sale in April, okay. uh, end of April. So, you know, the the marketing campaign for that car's already started. It'll actually be featured in our very first ever Super Bowl ad that will happen this year. And uh, a big campaign around that, I think it really reflects bringing this great British brand, uh, kind of the most American of stages. Uh, and so we'll show a lot of people, I think we'll surprise a lot of people that Jaguar really is this modern British challenger brand and, uh -huh. and uh, we're reaching more and more buyers with that. And then what's going to be the price point? So the, the F-Type Coupe starts at $65,000. It's about four grand less than the convertible. Uh, and then the, the mid-range car, the 380 horsepower car is, uh, is 77. And then when you step all the way up to an R, it's uh, 99,000. 99,000. Yeah. And there would be a couple of fun options, like you said, carbon uh, yeah. ceramic brakes. Carbon ceramics, like the, the all-glass glass roof. roof. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, a, a lot of great I'm trying to figure out how much money I need to go back and ask the <laughs> boss for. You know? Exactly. Well, you know, it's it's actually got a lot of value relative to the performance of That's going to be my pick. And yep. like, listen, Adam, this is, there's a lot of value, you know, in this car. The performance you tell value him is he high. he can afford it, too, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> except he'll want to keep it. i got to <laughs> try to get it for, for myself. Um, uh, Jeff, thank you so good, much. It's good. been a lot of fun. Yeah, and, pleasure. Uh, Thanks good luck for at coming the, by. Good luck at the show. It. Thanks so much. Uh, Andrew Pulsinelli. Yes. You are, give me your title again. I am the general manager of product planning for Land Rover North America. Okay, you know, what, um, we had uh, we had the new Land Rover, the new Range Rover. Yes. The, your, the top of the line vehicle, we basically, right. we had that on the show. We had it in the studio. Right. Adam Kohler drove it around. Yep. Uh, actually, if you watch the video, he drove it to Jimmy Kimmel's wedding. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's perfect. And, and loved it. Um, well, this is the car he wants to be driven to Jimmy Kimmel's wedding. So, this is it. The one thing that we notice about the Land Rover and the Jaguar brand is you guys have the most beautiful interiors. In my opinion, the most beautiful interiors. But you've really stepped it up a notch with this vehicle here. This is um, this is the autobiography black, which is the limited edition, and it's the top end trim, um, and, and it's very small numbers around the world. We're only going to take a hundred of them in the U.S. Um, and yes, we've absolutely stepped it up. There's power everything. There's heated and cooled everything. There's even a bottle chiller in there in the back seat, so you can chill your favorite beverage. Pellegrino, we'd recommend, but yeah. you can do whatever you'd like. Mangria, probably. Yes, we like we like Adam Crow's mangria. Uh, okay, perfect. <laughs> um, and this is a long wheelbase version as well. So now you've you made the big truck even bigger. Exactly. So we so I say we, truck, but it's not really well a vehicle, <laughs> SUV, whatever you want to call it. We we have um, yes. So we this is an introduction of this autobiography black trim level, but as well as the long wheelbase. So um, long wheelbase is new. It's actually almost an eight-inch stretch in the wheelbase. It's all in the rear seat, so it gives you extra rear seat room, extra leg room. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, the proportions of it are so good that customers actually can't tell the difference. We've done a little clinic. It's hard for people to spot the differences of which one is the longer one. By seeing it on, just on the just outside of the vehicle. One next to the other. They can't quite figure out what's different, but they, they so it looks really good, but it gives you that extra leg room that lots of people want. Okay. So in, in talking about the exterior, what are some of the trim details that make this one the next level. Okay, well, the, 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 the main focus is in the rear seat of the interior, but on the exterior, of course, we've got just little things like these bright accents on the side vents. Um, all long wheelbases come with a little L badge. Um, the Autobiography Black comes with these unique polished alloy wheels. Um, there's, a, there's a bright finished, polished metallic finished grille and grills in the front. There's some, some finishers okay. on the exterior on the back. Um, 
but again, most of most of it is about the interior. Okay, you can see it looking at the exterior that that the rear door is is extended a little bit. Yeah, you you can see it, but you would probably not notice it if it were right. in black and if I hadn't told you. Right. And, that, and that's that's the beauty of it. So when you when you act, most people don't pay attention to that kind of detail, so they would notice the bright finished door handles, but they wouldn't notice that the door was longer. Which is an, which is an oddity. Now, some of the features of the interior, we'll, we'll be able to peek in there in a minute, but some yeah. of the features of, of the rear interior are, uh, I saw some, some tray tables and things like that that Ab were... Absolutely. So, so and it has, of course, the bottle, the bottle cooler, which the, you got to have. has the bottle chiller. It comes with um, some uh, nice crystal glasses that go with that. Um, it has, uh, it's a two-passenger two rear seat, so executive class rear seating, we call it. On the passenger side, it has a power deployable calf rest. Um, it has, they have heating, they have cooling, they have massage. They, both sides have the power deployable tray tables. Uh, what else am I missing? The 10 inch, new 10 inch screens for the rear seat entertainment. Um, that, that rear seat entertainment when you're under guidance will actually put into the back screens the okay. journey information. So when you're under route guidance, it'll show you how far to the journey in the back screen, just kind of like on a, on a high-end airplane flight. Because you don't want to actually ask the guy in the front how far. You could just well, find you, out for you, yourself. You could be busy on the <laughs> phone talking. And so, and, and part of that tray table that comes up there is a docking station for a, a tablet so that you can put a dock in there. And then there's a USB power port so that you can charge it as well. Okay. Now, what, when is this going to going to be available? Um, the car will go on sale in March in the U.S. Okay. Yeah. And that's the autobiography the black. black. Autobiography. Right now, the, autobi the autobiography is already out? The autobiography on the standard wheelbase is already out. Um, the long wheelbase will also be out in March. Okay. So all long wheelbases will be out in March. And what's going to be the price point of, of the black? Autobiography black will be uh, $185 or in this special white finish, which is hand-painted pearlescent white. Um, there's only 25 cars coming to the U.S. in that finish. That's $199.5. Wow. Now, the rear interior, I, I can't necessarily afford the vehicle, but if I can get those seats in my living room, that would be awesome. Well, you, you got to reclaim it. You, know you, you do know the what recline, they say. The right? heated, the massaging. You can, you can sleep in your car, but you can't drive your house. That's right. So you, That's right. <laughs> um, thank you so much. This has been great. You're very welcome. Thank you. Mark, good to see you again. We got a chance to chat last year. You had some really cool things out here, but now we've got the RS7. You know, Adam Carolla's wife drives the A7, which is a great car. I love that thing a lot. And I, you know, we've been in it a bunch of times. Adam always drives it to different shows, but this is this is the A7 yeah. on steroids. Yeah, the the, uh, the RS7 is basically, Adam just has to add about 250 horsepower to his current car to get to what this one has. It's 560 horsepower, zero to 60 in uh, in 3.7 seconds. Uh, the, the phenomenal... <laughs> it's so fast for a car this size. Yeah, the phenomenal part about the car is that you can basically beat most uh, sports cars out there. At the same time, you can take yeah. four people in the car and you have plenty of space in the back. So it's, uh, it's a mad, amazing with a kind of bandwidth that the car provides. Okay, so tell me about the engine. We know the horsepower now, but what what's actually in here? So it's a twin turbo, 4.0 liter, uh, 4 liter V8. 
Uh, it is a very unique design because we put the turbos up into the V of the engine. Okay. And what that allows you to do is to uh, generate heat a lot quicker in the turbos. It allows you to minimize turbo lag, and it also gives you packaging efficiency. The engine in this car is only less than a half a meter deep. So if you're standing in front of it, it basically goes from here to here. That's the size of the block. Okay. And the car can still generate, or the engine can still generate 560 horsepower. So with the turbos in the middle of the engine, it's almost like the cylinder heads were reversed, right? So the exhaust is going up where the intake manifold would normally be. And then it comes around the side and goes back into the intake. And goes back into the intake. Correct. Okay. On top of that, though, you have cylinder on demand. So while we have performance, we also have efficiency. And so the car on the highway gets 27 miles per gallon uh, with the cylinder on demand system. For that and the car that can go this kind of speed, we're really proud of it. Now, and it's all-wheel drive? It's got quattro all-wheel drive. It also has a a, uh, a rear differential that will adjust the power and the torque to the left or right side. So when you're powering out of a turn or through a turn, stay on the gas, and it actually guides you through it and adds more traction right. to the outside wheel. I would definitely stay on the gas, yeah, by you, the way. You probably should. <laughs> yeah, probably right? should. <laughs> exactly. How much torque transfer can it do front to rear? Can it put 100%? Does it ever get to that way, or does it go like 10% front, 90 rear? It's a 70 max on the front, and the normal split is a 60-40, so 60 in the rear. 40 up front. Okay. And what that enables you to do is obviously to have great grip when you're just driving. It also enables you to have really good acceleration off the line. Yeah. And frankly, it's also very good if you're driving in inclement weather, whether it be wet or snow or anything of that sort. It must launch like a rocket with that much power. The turbos always make good amount of torque. Yeah. And all-wheel drive. It must just... Yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you know, obviously seat. I work for the brand, but I think I can honestly say that if you get to behind the wheel of the RS7, you immediately have a sense of the car just overachieving and over-delivering on what you think it will be like. Yeah. It really is a pretty impressive machine. Okay, let's take a quick peek inside because I yeah. imagine the, uh, the interior is going to be gorgeous. Any type of diamond stitch or even some variant on the diamond stitch like you guys are doing here, it always seems to upscale the car so much. Like that one added components to the interior makes it look so nice yeah we have uh, we're really proud of our interior craftsmanship obviously and our designers work very very hard to just get that really really meticulous fit and finish and craftsmanship part of that is a design element and part of that is fit and finish so from a design standpoint we have a honeycomb stitch in the rs7 seats that mimic the uh, the uh, honeycomb design of the grill in the front of the car. You'll notice on this end here, and I'm, you'll have to probably pan around with the camera with me here, but the this is actually black oak that is lined with aluminum strips. It's not paint. It's actual sandwich layer, layers of black oak and then aluminum. Then black oak and then aluminum and then cut transversely and molded into the shape that you then see on the dash. It's backed with an aluminum sheet to hold its shape and not warp yeah. when, in, when, during temperature changes of hot and cold and it kind of reminds you maybe a little bit of a really well fit custom suit or something to that effect yeah, I'm not does. wearing pinstripes today but something to that effect and it, we're really happy with that too with the way it turns out it it's looks gorgeous and you know one. that if it was a painted piece the lines would wear off eventually right somebody's rubbing it doing something yeah. it's never going to run off now because the, the aluminum strips are in the middle like well, if it was it actual painted it just looks a little more technical and I think anytime that you have a material in an Audi then it is always the real material yeah. You're, you don't have a, a fake uh, material that's being utilized. That includes the carbon fiber inlays that we also have available on the car, as well as these. Now, the RS7 is available now. 
is that right? Went on sale basically at the uh, during October, so we've only been on sale for a couple of weeks, uh, and it's you know as you would expect uh, they're flying flying right off the lots when they <laughs> literally when they going they're as fast as they're they can. They're already pre-ordered. Yeah, All right. So and and uh, what's the pricing on the RS7? Uh, base price is at about one hundred five thousand dollars, one hundred four nine hundred, uh, and. Uh, Typically equipped probably takes you about 120. Comparably to our competitors, that's about 10, 15 grand more to get into one of theirs. Our car is, for the most part, uh, faster, better yeah. equipped, and uh, you can judge for yourself what you think about the design. And then quickly tell me about this color. Is this... This is almost, it's, it looks like it has a metallic base in the paint, but then you have a satin clear coat over it. It's a, uh, it's a Daytona matte finish, what we call it. So we have uh, this color as well as a Sepang blue in our color palette that we have available as a matte finish that we really like to have. You can also see on this particular model, uh, we have three different trim levels on the RS7. So you have a carbon fiber, so it's our carbon package. You get black wheels, black uh, grill carbon fiber mirrors uh, and sills and things of that nature and also the rear uh, rear diffuser and front splitter are also carbon fiber then we also have other one other finishes that are titanium it's kind of a dark gray that matches this almost perfectly makes it kind of a stealth car and then you if you want a little more i'll call a little more bling if you like having a little more contrast you can also get an alu optic that also has the mirrors the wheels and the grill now, just out of curiosity, how do you maintain a finish like this? Can you actually just wax it like normal, or do you just wash it? Yeah, you can't wax a, a matte finish. Uh, you basically just wash it with soap and, and, a, and a, I'm going to call it in a, in a sponge, if you will. Yeah. Uh, or you just go to a brushless uh, car wash. Okay. All right, so this car may be a little out of reach for some people. So let's go take a look at something else you guys got. Yeah, let's fantastic. Go take a look. Mark, we're taking a look at the new... A3 line of cars, which is, I appreciate you doing this because you haven't actually debuted these cars yet. You're pulling some of the covers off for us. You've got some more back there that are kind of hidden, but the A3 line is is completely new and you have four new cars in the lineup, right? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really proud of this and really excited. Uh, we have a basically a, an A3 model that we're coming back into the market with, and the exciting part about it is that now we get an A3 sedan uh, that starts at about 29.9. Uh, that is the white car here, and for those people that want a little more sporty driving, as well as mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, design elements, whether it be the wheels, the grill, the mirrors, the seats, etc., uh, and the transmission, uh, you get a 290-horsepower S3. Um, the great part is, is that while we have a sedan version, we also will be unveiling later an e-tron that will give you a plug-in hybrid okay. uh, for people that are a little bit more into the efficiency, but with performance. We do not develop cars that are in any way laggards, if you will. We want people to have a great Audi uh, driving experience, no matter which car they get into of ours. And then, of course, the great part, and we're in Southern California, perfect for this market. Uh, at the end of the row here, we also have a uh, convertible model of the A3 as well. Right. Now, there are other than the e-tron, these are all powered by four-cylinder engines, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And then are you, are, you're adding a turbo to the S3 or you're adding a supercharger? What are you uh, doing? We, we start off with a 1.8 liter uh, in the A3. You can also get a 2.0. Both All, all of our engines are turbocharged. Okay. Uh, and then we also have a uh, our plug-in hybrid that has a split between 100 horsepower on the uh, electric motor and 100 horsepower on the 1.4 liter engine. Uh, so really exciting stuff in terms of that. And that's a five-door coupe, if you will. Uh, and that's that car then has, a yeah. little bit, like I said, a little bit more of the efficiency uh, realm to it. 
the really exciting thing, I think, for people that are interested in, in the A3 model line in general, whether you want more performance or you're happy with a base level performance, is that you also get a uh, our new MMI system. Before, we've had a MMI touch where you could write the letters and, and numbers that you want to dial or enter into the nav. You can put that in, describe that in. We've now integrated that touchpad into the actual rotary knob on top. Okay. Uh, and for the first time ever, you have a 4G LTE data connection in these cars when you get the nav system. Uh, that then offers Wi-Fi for up to eight devices. And the, it's really kind of cool because you, you expect an entry-level car to, of course, represent present an entry level to a brand. Right. But the interior on this car is exactly what you would expect from an Audi. There's no chinting. There's no cheap materials. It really looks like, yeah. a, like an Audi. I wouldn't call it entry level. I would just call it the smaller Audi. Well, it is. It, <laughs> it's we, really we, what it is, right? The previous A4, uh, A4 B5 version, as we call it, for a couple of iterations yeah. back, was basically the same footprint as this car. And that has left a, a, a space in the marketplace for us to then come in and uh, and bring, bring an A3 back in the yeah. form of what used to be an A4. So you're going to have... You're you're going to have your, your, your coupe, you're going to have your sedan convertible, and then the S3, is is the S going to be available in those different body styles as well, or is that just going to be... The S is going to be in this body style, in the sedan, it's going to look as it does here, with it, and, and it has the great-looking honeycomb stitch on the side bolsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a lot of nice elements in terms of the wheels and the grille and, right. and, the, and the mirrors as well. So, And this is kind of a big deal that you're debuting all different variants of this car all at once. A lot of times, like the performance version or the convertible or something comes a year later. Why do them all now? Well, we, we just fundamentally, the, the, the segment itself is going to be the highest growing segment there is in the auto business. Yeah. And uh, we are diving in both feet into, uh, with both feet in. We're about driving right. in the segment. So uh, all of the different models, the different drivetrains, we will also have a TDI model available uh, as well. So you have turbo diesel, direct injection. Yeah. You have a plug-in hybrid. You have gas. You have performance. And you have without one without a roof. Yeah. And, and speaking of diesel, diesel is basically something you guys have invested in so much that it's all across the board, right? You have diesel in almost everything you you have, we right? Just, we just launched on the A6, A7, the Q5, and that yeah. joined the A8 and the Q7. Yeah. So you're not wrong in saying that. It's the A4, and that will come in the next iteration of the A4. But yeah, we find diesel technology to be fantastic. As an example, on the A8, you get 800 miles on one tank of gas, and that's not trying. That's yeah. with getting a seat massage and using your Wi-Fi and having your stereo blasting so it is a, uh, a really relevant technology we feel for today yeah i think this is great i think the a3 is a gorgeous car and look here's a car you can get into audi quality for less than thirty thousand bucks yep awesome thank you so much fantastic Let's take a quick break from uh, the auto show to tell you about one of our fine sponsors. Today's show, sponsored by Encore Insurance Services, LLC, for a free life insurance quote. Give them a call, 866-347-5748, or you can visit their website at smartterm.com. Thinking about getting life insurance? You need life insurance. Think about the family. Hmm? Or maybe you already have some coverage and you want a little more. Encore, baby. They got a guy over here, Kit. Healthy, 37, non-smoker, $500,000 policy, less than 30 bucks a month. Why don't you give Encore a call? See what they can do for you. 866-347-5748. 
Licensing and disclaimer information can be found on their website at smartterm.com. Now, let's get back to the Motorator and the L.A. Auto Show. All right, we're here with Mark. Mark, um, give us your title. I'm a communication manager at Ford Motor Company. Okay, and now check this out. We've got this, the new, this is the Edge concept. Edge concept, And the Edge as a crossover has been pretty popular for you guys. Yeah, we've been doing great. This year will probably do a record sales year. With, really good with the edge with the old car okay yeah and so now, now this you're debuting new. this this is yeah. this is basically a peek into what the new version could is yeah be we like. always say that with these concepts it's like ooh, this is the direction we're going with a new edge and this is yeah. you know it's got a lot of the design language the team's working on all the cool new technology so it's the first time we've taken a ground up change of the edge so real excited about that okay can you tell me about what you guys are doing here what's a little bit different on this and is the powertrain yeah. going to be the same yeah or? one of the things we're really working on is you look at some of the cars we've launched recently the design language for Ford a really strong design language the face of Ford a lot more agile a lot more fresh looking cars so we're really applying that to the edge yeah. we've also got cool technology in this thing the technology which we're working on that autonomous car technology like magic cars yeah. where this thing will you know park itself you get out and hold a button down and it'll park in the parking space and uh, also that's a little creepy it's creepy <laughs> but it, and it works on like not in the real world yet but in the proving grounds and yeah. all but everybody says the technology's there it's maybe the people aren't ready but it's right. kind of the building blocks to this future of cars it's really cool and what do you think about the autonomous car i mean uh, as because our our you know us and, and a lot of our guys they're a little bit more on the performance yeah. side of things oh so, totally agree so they, they kind of want to yeah. be able to get in there and drive but it last time you were in a traffic jam you're probably thinking i wish this damn car would drive itself right that's in true a traffic jam. yeah because then so i'm on the phone and exactly. i'm making my calls i'll be in the back to, if you yeah. need me yeah but i think the so autonomous cars you know it's the future and some people were saying um you know in seven years we'll have autonomous cars and, and we're also you know in seven years there's a lot of things could happen because seven years ago there wasn't an iphone so right. you know the future we don't know yet but we know the technology in terms of ability to park have you done our car with the active park assist where it does the I parallel have, I parking think, i think um it was a feature in the, one of the lincolns actually. yeah yeah exactly so that's yeah. kind of those building blocks and that's where yeah. you see the wheel oh, do yeah, its yeah. thing and well this is like the next step where you could get out of the car hold down a button and the car would move into the spot so it's real yeah. narrow and you got to you know getting in and out of the see, car see that'd be easier because if yeah. i could just jump out of the car and let it park itself instead of yeah. sitting there and watching the wheel oh, turn, yeah, watch yeah, the yeah. wheel turns weird right yeah like, exactly is it gonna do but this system will work the brakes and the gas and the gear selection the whole yeah. thing and it's got the sensors because those sensors are things we're putting in the cars already yeah so you talk to our engineers they're like hey we can do this it's just engineering and it's hard right but the technology's there is just you know acceptance and getting, you know, getting the yeah. world ready for that. But that's and, the know, future. The, we've already seen uh, all the like the lane change sensors yes. and all the alerts and yeah. the cameras and stuff that are on the yeah. car. So you're basically just taking a lot of that stuff that's there Absolutely. anyway but and applying it to more sophisticated uses. Absolutely. One of the things we always say is we got to develop technologies that make the drivers safer, yeah. smarter, and more efficient. So you know, you got those things like lane warnings and things. We're making the drivers safer or yeah. smarter. We're making them more efficient. You can manage traffic better, so you're more efficient. So those technologies are really important, and the stuff we're building, we're working on, and it's gonna come along. You know, it's got to. Do you ever, do you ever get afraid that all the, uh, all the, the six-year-olds that are out there now, when they're 16, they yeah. won't really know how to drive? Oh, uh, hold it! Now I got a kid; he's <laughs> learning to drive, yeah. and I got a Fiesta with a manual transmission. So right. he's spinning his own gear. You should be able and to. The, the first time he drove, he didn't like it, but then he's like, "This is really cool." Yeah. So I'm hoping, but I agree with you that you kind of hope cars are always part right. of the future. These kids have got to love cars. So, so your kid 
has has your kid ever seen uh, roll up windows? No, 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 yeah. no, no. They're they're around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't know those yeah. exist. Because so he, he oh, the upside of he's seen a Mustang and he wants that. So, but there's hope. Yeah, there's of course. Hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, when, yeah. when you work for Ford, right? Yeah, exactly. So, he's got to like Mustang. And but, so, you know. and speaking of the Mustangs, here's one of these things where we're here, we're at an auto show, and it's the one car you probably can't really talk about. Oh, I know. You know, we got the current version because it's it's exciting. I know. The current but one, it's we, cool. But we saw that last year. We saw the year before. We've driven every variant okay. of that car but we've confirmed great. december 5th you okay. can stop waiting december, december 5th. 5th you're gonna see it where all over the world just it's, it's a gonna global be car it's now gonna be oh man yeah actually if you don't see it on december 5th i'll get fired so <laughs> everybody needs to see okay, it on december so the 2015 mustangs can be basically we, we've confirmed a new mustang will be shown December 5th. Yeah, so it's exciting. People you guys got to get your cameras out. I'm sure somewhere out in California we can get you guys there. And Yeah, yeah that'll be fun See. to do. Yes. So um, you have... Uh, Transit wagons. So the Transit Connect. Okay, so these things are sweet. You know, Adam Prola has this wine called Mangria. We need a really? Mangria Mobile. Oh, and we've been yes. waiting. So the Transit Connect we, that you have now is a little small. Yeah. And we saw these at, we saw these at SEMA. Oh, we had all, yeah. And then we had some really tricked out ones. And now, and I know you have sort of a short wheelbase and a long wheelbase. Yep. So yep. we need a long wheelbase Transit Connect. Yeah. And they're they're kind of cool. You need this. Yeah. Right? This is gonna be all new. It'll be on sale in probably the first quarter next year so not far yeah all new vehicle inside out again one of our global cars really improved the interior longer wheelbase you know up seating for up to seven but if you're hauling wine you can pull everything out and just haul wine which yeah. is cool so this would be the car we'll get them in one yeah we, we've been waiting for it we did you up... see the the hot wheels one too maybe that's it that you one's got that move that's your wine cool. in. yeah yeah as fast as possible yeah um <laughs> so we drove you know we we obviously drove all the mustangs we just um drove one of the lincolns recently uh the the taurus um the uh the explorer um but the Fiesta. How about a Fiesta ST? Yeah. How cool is that I love little that. car, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's doing really well too, and that thing's been great in in Europe and in North America. Every market that gets it, I mean, yeah. media love it, enthusiasts love it. That's been real fun, and that shows you the the EcoBoost engines. What we can do with EcoBoost engines, because you can make them to be kind of more efficient and help bigger cars. Mm -hmm. But you stick an EcoBoost engine in a small car, right. and it's crazy fun. And it's not even just about the power like you have this great engine and the, the turbo provides this great low-end torque you get the gas mileage those are all the things you guys have to worry about as the yeah, car company yep, yep. but can you make the car small can you make it fun can you make it sporty can you make it kind of handle well yeah and we saw that in the focus st which i really liked mm. and then the fiesta st was just like just a smaller more affordable version of that yeah yeah actually a lot of people say it's more fun to drive than the focus st but yeah we're really blessed we got this great group of uh engineers that know performance cars really well team rs in europe and we call it svt in north america but yeah. it's a it's a group of performance guys in ford that really know suspension setup they know what a good car should steer like what it should feel like how it should corner and they're great at setting that up and you, you know you can't buy that you gotta right. have guys that know how to do that and actually all the way to the top of our house raj nair who's the new head of product development guy races cars he drives mustangs he yeah. actually it's you know if you like cars that drive well you've got to feel i feel good yeah. at ford right now feel really good um it, 
Do you have any insight on what we can see as far as the SVT brand? Are well, you going to be doing more stuff from SVT? Yeah, right now they got Focus ST, they got the Fiesta ST and Raptors. Yeah. We can't build the things fast enough. So No, I just off-roaded one. Really? Awesome. Where? Are you? I, in Vegas. Yeah. Just after SEMA. Oh, cool. On a short track. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's, awesome. that's fantastic. One yeah. of the Raptor Roundup events. Yeah, okay. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's so wow. much fun. That thing's, I mean, we're selling those things like crazy. Yeah. People love them when that's real exciting. So SVT's doing that project. I mean, do we have more than that? Eh, you stay tuned. Right. And STs so and they have their SVT sort of has their hand in a bunch of these projects yeah. without necessarily putting the SVT back Correct. itself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The, the Focus ST, the Fiesta ST, you know, it's kind of a global performance group now. Mm-hmm. They all work together on developing these cars. So they got a hand in those vehicles for sure. And certainly, you know, SVT. And then, you know, we talked about December 5th. We're talking about a new Mustang. And, you know. Right. Sometimes so, we build performance Mustangs. And, and that car will, will debut December 5th, but it's not going to be available until probably sometime early in, next year. Into next year, yeah. I mean, December 5th, yeah. On sale in 14. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So is there anything else that we have to look forward to? Oh, I mean, we, I know this is a concept, yeah, so this could be, this could be a year. I don't out. know. That's a, It's going to be a busy year. 14 is going to be crazy for us. We get these in the market. We've also confirmed, yeah. actually, I don't know how much wine you guys do haul around because we got the big transit, too. Because this is the transit. Yeah, I saw that, too. The big, the big, one? big, big one comes in a little after these. So you can maybe, yeah. if you're hauling a lot of wine. You know, you can go real big. That's, on that's that. basically replacing the van that we've seen on the road for the last that, 50 yeah, years. Yeah, the E series, right. which it's is just been around exactly. Forever. But this thing's got you can walk in. I mean, you and I are yeah. about the same height. We don't worry. But big tall roof, you can pack it full. That's gonna be a neat car. That's been on sale in Europe for a while. And that's gonna have a diesel. Yes. Yeah. Which is a great Three idea, diesel. right? Yeah, Especially exactly. for commercial use. Yep. Like you can, I mean, diesel's way to go right now. Yep. And they're gonna build that thing in Kansas City, built here in the U.S. Awesome. So yeah, it'll be good. So, awesome. Okay. This has been what great. I appreciate your time. We're going to run around and take some more photos and stuff. But. Okay, cool. We'll take everything at Ford. Everything at Ford. Yeah, you got to make sure you get all that. So I got to say that. on Platten. He's president and CEO of Porsche Cars North America, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And uh, as you were just saying, very German, but French as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a German with a French accent. I lived 10 years in Paris Yeah. with German parents, but I lived in Paris, so I have this uh, French accent <laughs> with a German name, yes. See, and I put, hope you understand me. Now you right? put more emphasis on it. Now you're just you're just <laughs> messing with us. Um, well, thanks for having us here. We're obviously big fans of Porsche. We've been um, uh, hitting up your guys and getting as many of these cars onto our show as possible, mostly because we just love driving them. Most recently, we just had the new Cayman S, which is such a great car. Yeah. Just a wonderful car to drive. It's so well balanced. It's quick. It's great. It's, I mean, even great gas mileage. You don't even care about that in that car, but it does. But this is pretty amazing. This is something pretty new for you guys. Yeah. This is the new Porsche Macan. Absolutely, it's a big, it's a big moment for us. And, um... In, in, in the history of Porsche, we are, we are not launching a whole new car every every day, right? And um, we started to work on this car because we had a kind of demand from younger uh, customer group to say we wanted some kind of compact SUV from Porsche. And, 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 and we started to work on this uh, three years ago. Completely new car, 
in a, in, and we wanted to position this in a, in a vast, very fast-growing segment, um, sport, yeah. uh, compact SUV segment here in the United States. And I think what we have achieved is pretty amazing. We, we can say that we put 100% DNA of Porsche inside. Um, this car will bring the Porsche performance in terms of speed, in terms of agility, in terms of uh, power, uh, and you get all what you want in this compact SUV segment, which is versatility and portability. We think we can address people who want to put some spice in their, in their life every day, and uh, we are pretty proud of this. And I talked to our engineers, they are even saying, I can confirm it because I, I drove that car, this is one of the four-door sports cars we have in our family, which is the closest to the 911 uh, experience, uh, the yeah. pure driving experience of okay. the 911, so very close to that. That's pretty amazing. Now, that, those are big shoes to fill because people love, you know, 911 owners and, I mean, the media, everybody that drives the 911 yeah. always just regards it again and again yeah. as the best sports car you can buy. So to compare an SUV to a 911 is going to be... Absolutely. It's going to be pretty tough. Yeah. And it's important for us because um, I remember when we launched the Cayenne 2003, yeah. everybody was crying out and saying, hey, what are you doing with Porsche? Yeah. You are diluting the brand. This is not a Porsche anymore. Six months later, you could see that even the 911 customers, the owners of 911, had some Cayenne in their garage. So yeah. this is the best way to prove that um, Porsche is not screwing up here uh, with, uh, with other um, directions. We are a sport car manufacturer, and what we do is always a sports car. And I think this would be the sportiest, the most exclusive uh, compact SUV in the segment here in the United States and, and in the world. Yeah, and obviously it's going to come in at a price point that's more attainable than the Cayenne. Um, the Cayenne just being a, a larger, more robust, more feature-rich vehicle. And, uh, and I've driven several of them, and I love them, and they're great. And you, you get performance out of those things that you would never expect. So again, even between it, compared to a Cayenne or to a 911, and this has uh, uh, yeah. definitely big, big shoes to fill for that. Absolutely, we are we are presenting two cars today. We have the Macan Turbo, 400 horsepower. Wow! You cannot say no to that, right? Right. And another uh, car, the Macan S, and uh, you will be able, as a new Porsche owner, to step into this uh, Macan S just below fifty thousand okay. dollars. So I think it's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a low entry point. I would say it's another entry point to the family. Uh, we have the Boxster. Um, we have the, the, Mac, the Cayman. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fantastic cars, and and I think. With this car, the Macan, we are uh, talking to a, a more young target group, which I think will be very, very important for us in yeah. the future. Um, so, what are the what are the engine options? Are they both V6, the turbo, the non-turbo? Are they V6? These are both V6 engines, absolutely um, turbocharged in V6. One with uh, 340 horsepower, as I said, um, three liter. And then another 3.6 liter V6 uh, turbocharged as well, 400 horsepower. Okay. And then which, <coughs> excuse me, which transmission options are going to be available? We have only the PDK uh, transmission. It's a double clutch transmission, uh, which I think is 
um, there is no alternative. I mean, of course, you will have some purists coming up and saying, hey, we need some stick here. Yeah. Um, the car is, is, is absolutely fabulous to drive with a PDK transmission. It's uh, a double clutch PDK transmission which has been developed on the 911 and gives a lot of fun and, and good experience on this car too. Okay, so tell me about some of the other features on this car, um, or this SUV rather. I mean, we obviously have V6 power. We know it's a more compact size. It has the DNA of Porsche. Uh, it's gonna be quick, it's gonna handle like Porsche. How are you guys accomplishing that? I mean, is there really, I mean, there's the formula to Porsche, and I'm sure we're gonna see it here as well. I will respond to you in, in one sentence. We, we take the same engineers who have 65 ex years of experience of developing the 911, all the generations. You take these engineers and you say to them, yes, now, can you develop a new SUV for us, which is a Macan? And they do it exactly the same way that we are doing for the 911. They bring this car in on the Nürburgring, they're driving on a racetrack, uh, they're putting this car in all the conditions. And at the end of the day, it's very important because you want this purest form of driving. Yeah. Not only for the 911, uh, but also for this car. He is, this is car is, is, is carrying the Porsche badge. It has a very strong personality. And this is also one of the reasons why we call it Macan, which comes from the Indonesian word of tiger. Okay. Right? Uh, power, elegance, and agility. And uh, I think when you drive this car, and you will drive it, I hope, you will see that <laughs> this car so. deserves it. Absolutely. Um, now, with, uh, with, this, with these cars, when, you, when are they going to become available in the U.S.? We can't wait for people driving this car when the car will hit the, the market here in the United States by late spring 2014. Okay. Now, have you guys done any, I mean, have you released any performance numbers on it yet? Do we know? Other than the horsepower, do we, I mean, everybody loves to know how quick these cars are going to be. You guys tested out the Nürburgring, of course. People want to know what, how well it does. I give you one number. Okay. This car is uh, one number. One, one number. I don't have the lap time from the Nürburgring, which is for us the most important number. And I say this because we have also 918 Spider here. Yeah, I saw that. It, right? It holds the record. You know the Nürburgring? When, the, when we launched the Carrera GT 10 years ago, the Carrera GT was the fastest car, the Nürburgring, and we did it in 7 minutes, 32 seconds. Okay. And you need to know one second is day and night on oh, this yeah. track, right? We launched this, this car, uh, the 918 Spider, with a, a test driver from Porsche, and he did it in 6 minutes and 57 seconds. So it's another complete other world. I believe this car needs a little bit more, but I give you one number, he, he makes a 0 to 60 in under 5 seconds. So For the yeah, for the, for for the, the Macan. For the Macan, yeah. So we're talking about a sports car here. Yeah, it is yeah. a sports car. Five yeah. seconds, zero to 65 yeah. seconds yeah. in this thing is, yeah. is, is moving. That's and you have moving. everything a Porsche needs. You have composite brakes here. You have a lightweight. Uh -huh. You have uh, wheels from 19 inches to 21 inches. Uh, you have even the steering wheel of the 918 on this car. Okay. Right? So, pretty fun. Let's take a quick peek inside. Yeah, absolutely. So we like this cockpit because this is a cockpit where you feel in the car. Um, as I said, 
the 918 steering wheel yeah. is in this car. We have uh, a central console where you feel driving the car not be driven. Right. And uh, the typical thing which is very important for Porsche, the key is always on the left side, as it should be in the sports car. Yeah, I know, and I always thought that was great. And I, I know there's a there's a story behind it and a history behind it that uh, comes from racing. And yes. part of the racing is you get a get you run, you get into the car basically and you have to start exactly. and go. And if the key's on the right, you can't start and shift. Absolutely. So if you put it on the left side, you, you can put it in gear and start I don't need to get anything. Is that right? Absolutely right. All right, good. Thanks from Le Mans. <laughs> 24 hours of Le Mans. There you go. Um, the, the interior design theme that you guys are, it was basically first introduced in the Panamera. And I love the design. And when I, when we saw that sort of crossover into uh, the Cayenne, I think what was next, and then right. the 911 and the Boxster and the Cayman. Um, it's a it's a great design. It's a it's a wonderful, I thought a very functional, comfortable design, and it's great to see it in here as well. And it's wonderful that you can seem to size it up and down however it needs to go. Um, this seems like it's, it's, it's uh, you're right. It's all about experience. Yeah. And, uh, you you want to feel a Porsche when you enter this car, and this is the case. And and I would say we have we have a very simple test at Porsche. Um, and the simple test is to take a child, which is seven years old, to bring it in the car and to ask him, what is this car? And when he says, this is a Porsche, then yeah. we are on a good road. That seems weird. Is a place full of like a bunch of little German seven-year-olds running around in the interior going, well, you guys are watching from some 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 room <laughs> up high with glass. And you're you know, them. It's sort of like a Willy Wonka this is factory. What to me and, and maybe to you. <laughs> I mean, this is where the love for, for this car starts, basically. It's when you okay. are very little and you say, well, this, this car, one day, I'd like to drive it. Yeah, well, I want to drive it today. See? So, okay, well, before we let you go, I got to ask you a little bit more about the 918. This is an incredible new flagship supercar that you guys are developing. It's It's got hybrid technology about it. And we've seen, um, coming here and, and interviewing uh, Patrick Long and some of the other race guys um, and other guys from Porsche, hearing about the development of that in the racing technology. And we saw... Uh, I think Lasher and Patrick's 911, he's got this crazy, like, turbine almost type flying device. Flying like this flywheel yeah. into passenger seat. Yes. And that creates this momentum, this electric boost, almost like a, like a nitrous yeah. shot yeah. of electricity in this in this hybrid race car. Yeah. And now you're putting that on the street with the 918, is that right? Yes, absolutely. We... we this, this car is very important for the Porsche brand because it's very important that we can show, especially in this environment, this political environment where you talk about saving fuel and emission uh, protection and everything, that we can show that the, the, the sports car has a future. Yeah. That you can and still that's, have... That's important. That you can still have emotions and fascination and power, but being compliant to what the world expects, right? I mean, you cannot continue to work like having big, big engines. And we, I think, uh, were able to develop a car with a, a technology, I think, which you cannot find at the moment anywhere else. It's uh, a an, an technology combining the conventional, convention, conventional engine and, and, and this uh, electrical um, drivetrains. Yeah. And we show that hybrid doesn't mean something which is boring. 
we can also show that making sure that we are protecting the world and protecting the environment can be fun. Yeah. And this car is fun to drive. Oh, I can't imagine. It's really oh, fun to how drive. How and awesome it, be. it shows also that hybrid can also be synonymous of performance. This right. car has close to 900 horsepower, 2.6 seconds. 2.6 from 0 to, 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 to 60. So it's, that, this is... That's got to hurt. Like, it's physically it. got to hurt. Like, right? it's so fast, 0 to 60. I mean, what's the limit? I mean, at some point... Yeah, but it's... In five years from now... We are close to the limit, I believe. But, <laughs> that's the limit, right? Right, but it shows that this car can have a lot of fascination and also be very close to what you expect from a future car in terms of protection and, 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 and fuel saving and so on. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. I mean, you can start this engine without any, any, any emission. You drive up to 20 miles on purely electrical mode. Very yeah. cool. Actually. But it's quiet, right? Very quiet. Very quiet. And then all of a sudden you want some real power. The engine ignites, you have Fires everything up, there. Scares the guys next to you. And you love it. <laughs> it's great. All right. Thank you so much. I really Thank appreciate you, your time. I know you guys are very busy here. This booth is nuts. And, uh, oh, and thanks for all the great food. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. We're here with Carl Phillips. Carl your title is a mouthful. Go ahead and give us your title okay. again. Chief Marketing Manager for GTR and uh, Nismo for Nissan North America. That sounds like the fun job at Nissan, Well, it's right? definitely one of them, yeah. Uh, for a car guy, uh, you know, yeah. it doesn't get much better than this. All right, so here we are. This is the 2015 uh, GTR. We're big fans of the GTR. I love it. It it does so many things that it shouldn't be able to do, right. given its size and its weight, but it's just a rocket. And uh, I gotta, you know, I've driven a few, you guys have been kind enough to send us over a few to the shop, and uh, I've never used that launch control, by the way. You should try it sometime. I know, I've used it, a lot. It's, it's, I've used it a yeah. lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I, we've used it quite a bit, yeah. Um, but we're never too never too bad. Um, never it's a lot anger. of fun, right? So the 2015 has, it's not a major change, but it is definitely uh, an upgrade to the existing platform, right? A absolutely. You so one of the great things about GTR is uh, this car uh, benefits from continuous development and improvement. And so really the story overall for GTR this year is kind of stretching the boundaries, if you will. So broadening the appeal and range of the product. We're bringing in the GTR Nismo at the very top end for people who want the absolute most insane performing GTR that we sell. But um, then even with cars like the premium that we have here, mm -hmm. we're making this a more civilized, livable, everyday car without sacrificing performance. Okay. Now, uh, is... Is there been a, a horsepower increase? I know on the Nismo one you mentioned, I think there is quite a bit of horsepower increase. And compared to the premium, where are we with this car? Uh, we have not increased the power on the premium or the black edition car uh, this year. So we're year. at 545? So we're five, so still at 545. Okay. You know, plenty of power, good enough for yeah. 0 to 60 of 2.7 seconds. It's so quick. It's like, 600 it's so... horsepower for the GTR Nismo. All right. Our focus uh, this year uh, on, on the premium and the black edition was really on refinement. So revised suspension to make the car ride smoother uh, and some significant uh, sound reduction inside through some additional isolation materials but also mm -hmm. a Bose active noise cancellation technology that really cuts down the noise in the freeway making this a much more civilized livable uh, 
GT supercar, yeah. if you will. You know, you see so many other uh, sports cars out there or, or just high-performance sedans, and every year they try to top the performance of the previous year. This thing right out the gate from day one was such an incredible performer, it seems like it's more difficult to make it more of a livable, everyday, more comfortable car than it is to make it perform even better. It's already an incredible performer. Right. You know, and how do you keep that level of performance and make it easier? Well, you bring up a good point. When I talk to our engineers about reducing the zero to 60 time, they'll say, Carlson, please understand, you know, very difficult to, to reduce from 2.7 seconds. You know, we're getting we're getting very close to zero there in terms of right. acceleration. I mean, there's, at some point, so, you're done. So we felt at the moment, we've, we've got the performance. We've checked that box in right. a big way. Let's focus on some of the things that our customers have told us they would like, which is make the car a little bit more refined and a little bit more livable on a daily basis. Because, uh, you know, well over half the people that buy a GTR use it as their everyday driver. Yeah, it's a great car. It delivers supercar performance uh, anytime year round. Put some snow tires on it, you're good to go in the winter. It seems like being able to keep those performance numbers but make it more comfortable on the street is actually more difficult than saying let's take a tenth off the zero to sixty because you can turn it into more of a race car and it'll knock your teeth out, but it'll go faster. But how do you make it more comfortable in the process? Right. So that's the big engineering. Field, yeah, I'm I think sure. that. That is the challenge, right? How do you do things that make the car quieter, smoother riding without sacrificing the performance? So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's really the magic that the engineers work, and, uh, you know, that's why they spend so much time, you know, in ongoing constant development mm -hmm. on the car. And beyond that, there's a couple other things. We've introduced this new Regal Red paint, which is uh, something special. It has uh, genuine gold flake in it. Just adds a real nice brilliance to it. Yeah. And then um, our optional premium leather interiors, we've added a new ivory color as well, which uh, I think complements this yeah well let's open it up and take a quick sure look thing. or we'll we'll have jeff get in here with the camera but um the so, the ivory is gorgeous yeah so this is the uh, uh premium interior option which includes um you know different grade of leather uh it's available in a red but also this new ivory hand stitched seats leather on the console door trim panel so you know really uh just a nice premium feeling to the car i think it looks beautiful especially with this regal red yeah paint. i love the contrast stitching on the dash and stuff it really adds a little bit of a sort of a, a luxury up upscale feel to it but um such a fun car to drive this paint is gorgeous it might be a little hard to see in the video but under the lights the reflection that comes off the gold flag yeah, it's got a beautiful sparkle, a beautiful brilliance to it. Um, I was really amazed when they told me, we're going to develop a paint that has real gold. And I thought, are you guys crazy? Yeah. You know, I was picturing like some crazy metal flake kind of stuff out of the 70s or something. But yeah. but uh, they really nailed this. I think it's absolutely beautiful. I know. I bet we can take all the little gold out here and make yeah. like one yeah. good tooth. I, I, and so, somebody one said, good like, tooth. how much is in it? Uh, I don't know that. <laughs> they don't know. No. Enough. You don't really want to tell anybody yeah. <laughs> because you don't want anybody to do that. Yeah, you, don't want can... you don't want to park it somewhere dodgy and have somebody stripping your, your car yeah, for gold just, content. Yeah. There you go. Scrape off a chip of paint, put <laughs> right. it in the meter where you're going to park, you know. So hopefully you can pay that way. Um, so uh, this is great. Now tell me about the Nismo a little bit more. The Nismo is, it's not just a horsepower pump. It's Right. It's, uh, so the approach with the Nismo was really the same one we take on all our Nismo products. It's not just one thing. It's complete holistic performance improvement. So I guess you can start with the engine. 600 horsepower, 481 like foot-pounds of torque. Right, 55 horsepower additional. Uh, also fattened the torque curve up quite a bit and made it more responsible, uh, responsive at the top end. Um, so big power increase. But then 
Uh, it's things like changes to the uh, the body, so the um, aerodynamic improvements for greater downforce. We've added carbon fiber uh, front fascia, uh, rear bumper, a carbon fiber deck lid, carbon fiber, you know, big wing, all of that to add significant downforce at speed. Completely revised suspension specific to the Nismo edition, so different springs, struts, bushings, um, different wheel width, different wheels on the car. So um, brake force has been improved. Uh, so really overall, all the way around, and even yeah. on the inside, we've added uh, Nismo-specific Recaro seats and some other uh, items. Okay. So and where are we now on the price point of, let's say, the GTR, the premium package, and the Nismo? Uh, we have not announced pricing for the 2015 car yet. We'll okay. do that when we're closer uh, on sale uh, in mid-January for this and then later in the year for the Nismo. But uh, you know, we think we're still at an incredibly competitive price in the marketplace. There's nobody yeah. that can touch the performance of the GTR for anything close. Yeah, the GTR is about 100000 give or take, right around there right. now. exactly. And it's still really, in my opinion, one of the most bang for the buck that's out there. And it's such a great car to drive. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're this very welcome. Fun. Thanks for joining us and thank for you. taking a look at the cars. Hubert Lee. Hubert, you are, what's your title? I'm the creative director of the Mercedes-Benz Advanced Design Studio in California. Right, that's yeah. kind of, that's a, that was that's, long, right? that's a badass <laughs> job actually. I want to be the creative director of a design studio, that'd design be awesome. Studio. So check out this incredible concept, Mercedes, right? Um, you and your team were responsible for, for designing this car? Yeah, the design was a joint collaboration with the German studio in our studio in California, uh, but we, built the car in California okay. from our studio. So yeah, we're very proud of it. Uh, we're happy that it turned out. Okay, now Great. it definitely has a little bit of SLS in it. It yeah. looks like it has sort of a going yeah. style to it. What's what's the intention of this car? Was this just a design experiment or is this supposed to influence some of the design motif of, of cars that we're gonna see in the future for Mercedes? Yeah, I mean, um, it is, it is. It has a similar proportion to the SLS AMG. Yeah. Uh, but actually, we had a criteria when we designed this car. Uh, when uh, Polyphonia asked us to design a Gran Turismo car for their game, uh, actually, we we didn't have a. Uh, they didn't specify, so okay. it was up to us to uh, do something that what we what we believe. And uh, we wanted to um, keep the traditional Mercedes-Benz classic proportions, sports car proportions. So it's got a long hood, short deck, drop tail. Uh, but actually, we took it a little farther, so the car is a little longer, a little wider right. than the SLS. So it's a, based on a modified uh, SLS uh, chassis, but we wanted to take it a little farther. Um, yeah, so design language-wise, um, we want to keep it clean, simple, less is more approach. Uh, it is a, a race car, but at the same time, we wanted to go the opposite direction of most race cars look like. Uh, don't want to have... You know, crazy vents, louvers, and, and diffusers. Yeah. We actually wanted to go less, so more pure. And um, right now, we're uh, we have this new design up, uh, language called sensual purity, and this mm -hmm. car symbolizes that sensual purity uh, language. Yeah. Okay. Now, so this was something that you guys originally designed for for Gran Turismo for the video game. Yeah. They basically just gave you a clean sheet of paper and said, give us a car for the game. And you figured, why give you one of the cars we already have when we can just 
tell Mercedes-Benz that we want to do something from scratch, right? And then convince, where do you go from there and then convince somebody to let you build it? Well, it was, when we were, when we were uh, asked to do, do this, uh, everybody was on board. I mean, everybody got excited, all the designers, younger designers, they were all excited about it, even our bosses. So yeah. it wasn't a question of whether we're going to do it or not. It was like, okay, we have this opportunity. Let's create something exciting and have fun with it. Right, and yeah. if you could design a car for a video game, why not design something like as sleek and as amazing looking as this, right? Yeah. Like it really is extreme. Simply, it's it, it, uh, some of its impracticality aside, right? It's incredibly low to the ground. The wheels do stick out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the reason why the wheels stick out a little bit is, uh, again, uh, we want to use uh, pure geometric form. So if you imagine uh, a fuselage body, uh-huh. uh, a cylindrical body with spherical fenders, added on, blended to the body. That's what you see here. And the reason why the, uh, the rims bulge out so much is uh, we wanted to extend that curvature from right. the fender into the wheel. So it has that continuous uh, curvature. That's why it bulges out. But at that same time, I think it really creates that nice stance. It does. It gives it like big big shoulders, big thighs, yeah. but still being a very, very sleek car. It yeah. creates a lot of muscle to it, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it's a it's an amazing design. Now you're saying it's largely based off of the SLS underneath. Does I mean it's it's a concept, but it is it is it done essentially? Does it run? Does it drive? Well, this particular car is just a mock-up, so it doesn't drive. You can't really drive it, but virtual uh, virtually you can drive it. And I know Polyphony has the car ready to go, mm-hmm. and uh, they're actually driving it as we speak. Um, but at the same time, um, everything, the engineering, uh, all the specs are yeah. uh, specified down to the detail. So that's what Sony worked off of. And it has a 5.5 liter AMG twin turbo power plant, uh, which packs 577 horsepower. Um, all the suspension, everything is all dialed so for the game. So I heard you can drive around Nurburgring right now. Okay. Now that's what Mr. Yamauchi told me. So <laughs> he would know, right? Because he's got the he's got the game. What what's it made out of? Have you guys? Is this is this, this carbon fiber or is it aluminum? Well, it's got the carbon fiber diffusers, um, but the actual body, the actual uh, show car itself, is uh, fiberglass underneath. Right. Okay. Well, look, I, I think you guys did a great job. Thank it's, you. It's amazing. I, I almost want to play the game now just to be able to drive it. Actually, I want to play the game too. Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm really excited about it. I want to see how uh, fast this thing goes around the Nürburgring. Bill Kwan. Bill Kwan from Lexus. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, and first of all, I'm just going to say, Bill's one of the coolest guys in this automotive space, not just because he let me track not one, but two LFA supercars. Two LFA supercars on the racetrack I got to drive. Because I don't know if I was awesome. allowed to say that on camera because he might get in trouble, but... Um, that was an amazing experience, and thank you for that. Uh, but now you guys are here to talk about the new... Lexus IS. Yes, all new for 2014. Abianas is an IS. This is a 350F Sport. It's available in the 250, 350, rear wheel drive, and all wheel drive, and is available with F Sport package on all of those models. So pretty exciting. Right. So the F the F Sport package adds what to the base car? A much more aggressive grille. So you get a full. Face of Lexus, point, point, point. Uh, spindle, grill. spindle grill. Right? Spindle See, I grill, got that right? Oh, right. You yeah. <laughs> so spindle grill, so a much more aggressive look. Uh, a dark mesh color with uh, chrome bezels. 
a lot more aggressive uh, chin spoiler. You get the dark graphite wheels, and you also get uh, high friction brake pads, and the interior is phenomenal. You get the, st the sports seats, um, a new process of injecting the, uh, the foam into the seats versus just putting a uh, cover over it. Your typical seat assembly, you're pulling a cover over a foam, so there's gaps, it's not so tight. N there's a new process where actually injecting the mold into the seat so you get no air gaps and you get the right, really nice contours. Okay, now at what point of the process did you figure out that this is something that we need to do? Did somebody sit in a seat one day and go, I don't know, the leather's wrinkling or something like that? Like, how do you get to that point? You know, Chief, Chief, Chief Engineer for Yama, he's a total car guy. He has a full setup at home to race the Nürburgring. You know, he got the Xbox going. And he's a total <laughs> car awesome. guy. He's awesome. He develops cars on his game station. Yes, you should see him. I, there's a picture of him with a full race suit with a helmet in, in his living room. In his living room. Yep. It's, he's, yeah. So I was like, okay, this is a car guy. That's right. It's maybe a little over the top. I've never done that before. <laughs> never. PJs, right? Yeah, right. Your yeah. little onesies. No. There you go. <laughs> so, with the, with uh, the zipper. Yep. Sport tune suspension, so the, the, the dampeners, the anti-sway yeah. bars. Uh, the IS, the front end's been uh, tightened 20%. And because the chassis is um, so much stiffer with laser screw welding, adhesive bonding, and so forth, we were able, able to actually soften up the spring rate. So stiffer chassis, softer spring rate, so you get a really nice uh, handling car, but without a uh, sacrifice and ride. Right, so it's more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But that's just because you've loosened up the suspension a little bit. But all the all that twisting that's been eliminated from the chassis makes it handle so much better. And of course, this the new design. Right, you look at the old, the, the previous LS or the IS, and you look at this one, and I, this has to be basically the Lexus logo mm -hmm. a little bit into, into the lights. Right, very good. And yes. Now the other side is the opposite, but for the most part. It has to be based off of that, which when it when it's lit up looks really cool. By the way, yes, it is. And actually, this um, chief, chief chief engineer was very very proud of the fact that the LED uh, the daylight driving lights are separate from the headlights. Majority of the time, you look at the previous generation IS. Yeah. The, the DRLs are actually part of the headlight. He was very proud that it gave it a really distinct look by separating the DRLs and the headlights, and it's very sculptured. Okay. Now. The, uh, what's the what's the base powertrain on this? Where does it start? Uh, 250, uh, 206 horsepower, and then you get the 350 with 304 horsepower. Right. Now, that one we've driven. I think we've had that car on the show. We've driven that car. And I like that car a lot. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. It's comfortable. It's like people... I don't know, maybe people seem to overlook the IS as, you know, the the A4 3 Series competitor because this is the coolest car. I mean, it really is one of the coolest cars out there. And and Lexus should certainly be proud of the fact that they're always at the top of the quality ratings, you know, like JD Power and all that stuff. You guys are always basically at the top. So, I mean, how you guys continue to do that again and again and again really speaks highly to the you know, your fanatical engineer who's sitting at home in his driving suit playing video games right now, figuring out how to build such a great quality car, right? Yep. I mean, we're so proud of the heritage of having quality, durability, reliability, and we're con continuing to strive for that. And also customer satisfaction. I mean, I, I think in the luxury segment before, they was like, yeah, okay, you can take it or leave it, you come in and you don't. But, you know, our philosophy is always treat uh, a customer as a guest in our own homes. So, you know, they can always come to us. Not the car that needs yeah. the service, but, you know, we want to make sure the car starts, whether it's below zero or 110 degrees, and, you know, it'll take you to point A to point B without a lot, without a lot of maintenance. Right. And we don't think about that necessarily here in LA because it's like 70 degrees, 10 months a year, right? Exactly. So we don't think about all the, the durability testing that has to mm -hmm. go into the car. Yeah. Now, are we going to be able to see... 
an ISF, like a real, not just the F Sport package, mm -hmm. but an ISF at some point? Well, you know, in Tokyo, we just unveiled the RC350, okay. which is the uh, coupe version. Uh, of this? Uh, uh, well, I, I, I know they don't want us to say that. <laughs> it, it, it's between the IS and GS. It's based on the GS platform with okay. a GS suspension. You've driven the GS. Yeah. F phenomenal handling yeah, vehicle. Yeah, I love that car. So with a 350 powertrain, and in fact, in Europe and Japan, they're going to offer a hybrid variant, which we're not going to offer here in the States. Okay. Because we like power. Because we like power. We like yeah. muscles. Huh? <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, somebody's going to shoehorn the 5 liter in there and, and right. make it a ISF or maybe a RCF. Could be, right? Yeah, it could in be. In a coupe yeah. form? Yeah, That'd be absolutely. kind of awesome. So it's going to be a little bit bigger, mm -hmm. right? So a, a, a coupe version would be a little bit larger chassis than this. Yes. Not quite the GS because if you took two inches, four inches out of the GS and made it a coupe and maybe added two inches to this, somewhere in between. You got it. You've got your... With a wider, wider tracks with better handling, shoulder yeah. wheelbase than a GS, so... Okay. Yep, yep. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a fun car. That's going to be great. Um, great. So what else? Is there anything else new here that you want to mention? You know, unfortunately, we, we have a 2014 CT200H with minor changes. We're unveiling in Guangzhou, so we don't want to scoop our uh, Chinese brothers in, in China right yeah, now. Yeah, you got to so wait for them to do it, and then you can yeah, then we the can show up, mm -hmm. right? It sucks when they get you to the end of the day, and at the end, you get the last press conference, and then, you know, now you got to wait for the next day to do it. Unfortunately, we won't be here tomorrow, but oh. um, but hopefully we'll get some photos and stuff from you guys and be Absolutely. able to show that off. But, Bill, thank you so much. Thank you so Always much. for coming. Yeah, same here. Thanks for coming by. We really appreciate your interest. <laughs> Thanks. Well, that just about covers it for the 2013 LA Auto Show. I think it's been a great show this year. I was really excited about the Jaguar F-Type R Coupe and the Audi RS7. I think it's going to be an animal. Be sure to check out our website, carcastshow.com, and all the photos we'll put up on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash carcastshow. Thank you so much, and until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel.